Life for the Winnipeg Jets certainly feels like it's going pretty well. You know, the Jets finally got Wheeler, Perfetti, Ehlers, and Schmidt back in uh, a time that really couldn't have come at a better moment for the Jets. Winnipeg had to play Tampa Bay and Vancouver on Friday and Sunday, and the Jets came away with two very big victories. We'll talk about some things from these games and some roster moves the Jets have made in just a little bit on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, a couple of really big games for the Jets over the past weekend. Obviously, some really important takeaways, uh, some some really surprising things, some really good signs, and just a general positive vibes push as the team is finally getting back some of its biggest key contributors. And it also gives us a, a bit of a window into, you know, with the team finally at a, a stage that you would call healthy, so to speak, uh, who starts to look more like they're on the fringes, and where does the Jet, you know, the Jets roster look after maybe a trade or two, and, and what are the big positions of need? So let's start off with the game against the Lightning. Uh, this one for Winnipeg was a very, very big victory. I mean, I don't think anyone was entirely sure that the Jets would come out uh, the winner in, in this one. Even with some notable absences for the Lightning, uh, Vasilevsky was actually able to come into this game. And so, you know, this Tampa team, even with one or two absences, it's still a really strong squad. This is a team that has all of the scoring depth to really put a hurting on you. And yet the Jets played them pretty darn evenly. You know, Winnipeg this year, I think, has shown um, that it's, it's not really afraid of playing against teams that are, you know, quote unquote superior, right? When it comes to, uh, you know, fast counters and stuff. Obviously, the Jets maybe maybe don't defend well off the rush, and, and we've seen some issues with uh, defensive zone clearances, giveaways, turnovers, and that sort of stuff, even without pressure. But to go toe-to-toe with the Tampa Bay Lightning, even in, in their, I would say, slightly weaker state over the past year or so, I, I think it's still a great testament to uh, where the Jets have really improved in a lot of areas and for Winnipeg to essentially be right there neck and neck in the expected goals battle, I, I think is a great sign of things to come. Uh, and of course, Hellebuck made some fantastic saves. The Jets got some really key contributions from guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois, a hat trick of assists from Morrissey, and even Barron popping in a goal. So, you know, for the Jets, it's obviously a really huge win. I think Winnipeg will very happily take this. Um, if there was anything to really criticize, I, I guess you could say, you know, obviously the Jets defense was a little bit porous here and there, but I mean, you sort of expect that against a Tampa team that is very fast and has excellent passing. 
But, you know, that's why they have a Vesna winner in that. I mean, Hellebuck does a lot to instill confidence and let you kind of get away with some stuff. And I think uh, it's nice that he's not the only reason that this team is is generating wins this year. Uh, obviously, he's a huge part of it. Let's not, you know, get it twisted. But like I've said previously, there's a lot more buy-in from the Jets. There's a lot more participation. And it just feels like this team is on a much better track compared to previous years. Uh I will say that for like the first game back, um, obviously a, a lot of the guys who were injured, Wheeler, Ehlers, Perfetti, Schmidt, you know, they, they, they weren't really at 100%. Uh, you could you could tell that there's some rust. I thought Wheeler looked really slow. Um, Perfetti looked like he was trying to get involved again, but it's, it's taking a little bit of time, in part because the line combos still aren't 100% perfect. Uh, I, I thought Ehlers was you know, kind of getting back up to game speed, had, had a couple of moments where I thought he was looking pretty solid, but maybe, you know, was looking for that one extra moment, um, but certainly had a couple of nice shots on goal. So he definitely had involvement. But, you know, I think the biggest takeaway is at the end of the day, the Jets are just finally getting back towards having what should be like their starting lineup. Uh, obviously, Menelainen is still out. Um, there's a couple of other absences here and there, but for the most part, your core contributors, the guys that you're looking at for your top nine, uh, everyone just about has returned to some level of health. And I think that's very big going forward, especially as the Jets are trying to look at, you know, what is the next step with this team? Uh, is there an acquisition to be made? Uh, who would they really want to bring in and and how would they accomplish that? And I think, you know, even with the Jets being as, as good as they are and where they are in the standings and with the roster and lineup that they have, they're still looking for that next piece to really take them from a team that looks like it's going to be good for, you know, a round or two in the postseason to like a, a champion contender. I think with Hellebuck, you know, the Jets are going to survive a lot longer than maybe they should at times. But, you know, come postseason time, you really want to have that extra level of firepower to push you in that direction of being um, a dominant force. Because right now the Jets, they're starting to really push in a positive direction, right? you're seeing less games where they're being consistently outplayed. For the most part, I think the Jets have generally matched up or exceeded their their opponents. And look, the Jets may have a somewhat softer schedule in certain parts here, but at the end of the day, you still got to take care of business. And I think the Jets have generally done a very good job of that. I think that they've also shown well against teams that are, are much stronger opponents that are technically supposed to be, you know, contenders in comparison to where Winnipeg might be seen. So Overall, a really good start to the season. And for the Jets, it's really about figuring out uh, what is the next step and, and who could really fill that void. And I think, of course, we've talked about a number of players. Uh, I think Vancouver will probably be one of the most sought after trade partners this uh, upcoming deadline. And now that everyone is back to health and the Jets can start accruing cap space again, I'm sure it makes their trade options that much more enticing. Now, speaking of Vancouver, the Jets did play them over the weekend as well. And that game wasn't quite as clean, for being honest. Um, there were quite a few goals, and some of them were not of the most attractive variety if you're a Jets fan. But hey, at the, at the end of the day, the Jets still got the win, and we'll walk through some rather fun highlights from a very explosive evening. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. Our, net, our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I was looking for a boost to my immune system and daily routine, something to get me going in the morning and give me that extra confidence in my ability to fight off infections and stuff. 
um, to really stay healthy, especially as COVID-19, RSV, and all sorts of other seasonal flus are running rampant. And if you're wondering what AG1 from Athletic Greens is, it is a single delicious scoop that gives you 75 high-quality vitamins, uh, minerals, whole uh, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to kickstart your day. Obviously, if you're thinking about, you know, how does this fit into my daily lifestyle? Well, for one thing, it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're into paleo, uh, paleo keto, uh, you've got vegan restrictions, you you need dairy-free stuff, or gluten-free, you know, AG1 is perfect for you. It's got almost no additives, only one gram of sugar, and no nasty chemicals or GMOs or anything that some of you might be concerned about. And it's also less than $3 a day, which is a lot cheaper than that cold brew habit that you've probably got. I'm sure a lot of you love to grind stuff up in the fruit processor, but Let's be real. That stuff is pretty expensive. And AG1 is just a very easy micro habit. It's a daily thing that all you got to do is just drop that scoop in, stir it up. And with over 7,000 five-star reviews, you can tell people like it. It tastes great. And it gives you all of the benefits that you want to help reinsure uh, and, and really back up your immune system. So Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. As we were just talking about, you know, Winnipeg played Tampa Bay, had a very big win, and then played Vancouver uh, the day after or so. And, you know, it was a big win, right? Obviously, anytime you get a victory, uh, it's always really important to take care of business, especially against weaker teams. But maybe this game wasn't nearly as uh, as confidence-inducing as the first game. Uh, obviously, David Riddick was in net, and, and, and things didn't quite go uh, according to plan for Big Save Dave. But we'll get into some of the details in just a little bit. Uh, before we go any further, though, just wanted to encourage you to check out our Locked On Prospects podcast. It gives you all of the uh, latest updates on the upcoming NHL draft and prospect comparisons and rankings for every team throughout the NHL. It is available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to check them out and make them your second listen of the day after making us your first listen of the day. Now, circling back to the Jets, obviously Winnipeg, uh, second game against the Canucks, it was like a 7-4 to victory, obviously not nearly as clean as the 4-2 to win over the Lightning, and I, I think the most surprising thing was that for a good stretch of this game, maybe the first period and a half to two periods, the Jets were just flat out outplayed. Uh, Vancouver was more aggressive. I thought that they were picking off passes pretty well. Um, the Jets' puck movement was very stilted, and you kind of felt like the defense was especially porous. Um, we saw guys like Pionk and, uh, quite honestly, a number of members of the Blue Line unit making really bad passes, occasionally skating themselves into trouble. And for one reason or another, you know, the Jets just really struggled to get things going. And then Riddick would have a moment where he'd let in a goal that he probably shouldn't have. Um, and, and it just felt like, okay, you know, the Jets would go up one, then Vancouver claws one back. The Jets get the lead again. Vancouver somehow answers just not really what you want to see against a team that you really need to be uh, taking care of business against. But that's 
just kind of the way it goes. You know, this is, uh, I mean, it is hockey and, and there's always chaos, but I think, you know, that thought process of what happened when the Jets decided to let Comrie go and maybe give uh, Riddick a run out, you, you, you do see that as the backup, it's been a little bit more of a mixed result. But what wasn't a mixed result was the fact that the Jets scored seven freaking goals. Uh, they had a Kyle Connor hat trick. I mean, Ehlers also got on the board and had himself a couple of assists. This was definitely Nick's best game uh, in the two that he's had so far. Really good to see him back in the lineup. And he was very much active, very fast. And I thought it was just fantastic, fantastic to see. We were also treated to a Dylan DeMello shorty, if you can believe it. Uh, after that Dylan and Dylan goal, you know, what was it, a week or two ago? Now we have a DeMello shorty. Will Wonders ever cease? Probably. But for the time being, I would probably buy a lottery ticket if I were you, because the odds that you ever see anything like that again in a, a month span or even a year span uh, when it comes to guys like that, it's it's pretty minimal. We also saw contributions from guys like Sam Gagne, uh, Barron, again, also getting on the board. Axel Janssen Fialbi had a goal and an assist, and the goal was pretty darn sweet. Uh, he sniped it over, uh, I, I want to say it was Delia or the backup Martin. I forget who it was at this point, because uh, as you might expect, the, the Canucks did change goalies. But the Jets definitely got, I guess, the, the game taken care of, uh, contributions and points all up and down the lineup. Despite all of that, I, I will say, again, the thing that I kind of noticed with uh, some of the returnees, I thought Schmidt was a little uh, sluggish at times. Perfetti definitely had some issues trying to figure out how to work with Shifley uh, and his other line mate at times. Um, just kind of, again, ironing out the kinks. I think we, you can definitely see that, that that second line with Shifley and Perfetti really needs an elite top six winger of some sort because um, we saw Connor Dubois and Ehlers together, and that line was absolutely cooking. But the second line, not nearly as much. So something for the Jets to try and invest in. I think that's where they still have one of their biggest needs. Uh, and, and really, if they bring in that extra top six piece, I think you are looking at a really dangerous team. You'll start to push guys like Kuhlman and, and Manalainen and other players further down the lineup into spots that you know really fits their, their roles and, and caliber at this level. And it'll balance the team a lot better. Um, aside from that, though, I mean, uh, I, I think the main takeaway is it wasn't pretty, but the Jets took care of business. They got it done and they collected both points. And once again, the Canucks are looking for answers in a game in which, you know, they were actually at times outplaying the Jets third period. They started to feel that tide turn. And I think the Jets just kind of finished breaking them. And so, you know, Winnipeg back on top and only trailing first place in the central by one point with a game in hand against the Dallas Stars. So all in all, a great run of form so far. Great to see for the Jets. And, uh, you know, tomorrow's episode, we'll dive into what to expect against the Detroit Red Wings as Winnipeg prepares that uh, for that evening game, which should be a, a fun one. But later in this episode, I did want to take some time to talk about uh, the demotions of Brad Lambert and Chaz Lucius and what it might mean for, you know, the, the Jets in general and sort of their timelines and kind of where they are in their professional hockey careers and development. Uh, obviously, demotions are never fun. But I think in their case, it's going to be really good for the both of them. And I think that there is some benefit to uh, maybe not rushing them over the next couple of seasons. Before we talk about that, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at betonline.net. 
BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season, whether you're looking for odds and trends for professional or amateur sports. They've got everything from the NFL to college bowl season. Uh, Of course, they've also got basketball, both collegiate and professional. And if you want a cure for your post-World Cup hangover, they've got the return to domestic leagues for England, Germany, Spain, Italy, and just about everything in between. So be sure to check it out at BetOnline.net. They've also got wonderful sports podcasts and news articles, allowing you to plug into your favorite team or sport 24-7, no matter what time of day it is or what your interest is. And of course, they're always your fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix on. So if you're ready to get started, register right now for a free account at betonline.net on your laptop or mobile mobile device, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're just wrapping up with some final thoughts on, uh, you know, the, the Jets and, and some roster moves that they've made. Uh, Brad Lambert and Chaz Lucius have been sent back to the CHL, and I think for a number of reasons it was expected and necessary. And uh, I, I think on the one hand, you know, they might be a little bit disappointed, but I think on the other, you know, given how the start f- starts for uh, both of their professional careers have been, I think it just makes sense to pit them against their peers, put them in environments where they're going to get, you know, top six minutes and allow them to really thrive and gain confidence. I think Lambert especially has really needed that because you can kind of see decision-making issues, um, maybe some awareness issues that are, are, are sort of, I would say, holding him back from really taking that next step. I think that we see those flashes of dynamism and incredible explosive caliber of play that he shows when he gets in into possession and he starts skating, but you know, off the puck at times, sometimes even in possession, you want to see him take that next level, be better about using his line mates and stuff. And these are just things that he'll figure out over time. And it's it's probably why he's maybe, you know, I would say two to three years away from being, you know, somebody who might be ready to take that next step at the NHL level. But I think he is closer than he is far, but, you know, he is still a project and there is some serious work to do. Uh, with a couple of elements of his game. But, I mean, we all knew that going in. Lambert was like, what, 30th or 31st overall. So we all kind of knew that it might be a little bit a little bit of time before uh, we really saw him take flight. But I, I still have a lot of confidence in him. I still think that his long-term projection for the Jets is, you know, pointed towards being a scoring superstar. And I think he is somebody that I am very excited to see at the NHL level uh, once he is ready to graduate and join the Jets. Lucius, I think, is a little further along. Uh, I I like his awareness. I like his offensive positioning. I think that off the puck, you still see some defensive lapses. uh, And at times, I still wonder if playing him at center really makes that much sense. I know that is where he is used frequently, whether it's for the Moose or at times even for the World Juniors team. But I still think at the end of the day, I would prefer to see him out wide. I just, the way that he skates, the way that his mind works, I feel like if you put him at center, he can definitely do a job there. And sometimes it's actually a, a pretty good job, but I, I constantly want him, you know, I see him wanting to explore space to attack those wide positions and really get into those dangerous scoring areas that, you know, with the center role, I, I think he has too many responsibilities, you know, those, those extra D duties, that distribution stuff. And I think all of the um, additional weight that's, that's placed on the center role I think it holds him back from really executing, you know, consistently and hitting that next level. Maybe going, you know, back to the CHL will change that. Maybe he'll, you know, find the rest of his game. But I feel like at some point moving him out to wing 
might make the most sense where he's really explosive, where he has that, you know, back and forth, uh, north, south speed and, and skill. I think that'll eventually be the final place that he, he positions himself. But uh, again, probably two to three years from now, I do think he'll he'll probably leave the CHL a little bit earlier than Lambert does. But I wouldn't be shocked if both maybe only have a year or two there before they get recalled and put back into the pros. So a lot of exciting stuff, I think, for the long term, you know, some early setbacks for some of the prospects, but you can't even really call it a setback. They're both like, what, 18, 19, uh, 20 at the oldest, oldest. So uh, you do have to sort of take each step measured and, and make sure that you put everyone on the right path to, to, to succeed and have patience. I think that is something that, uh, you know, at times we always want to see guys get up, get the call up and, and want to see them thrive. These two guys are, are definitely going to be players who I think will have lots of games for the Jets in the future, but they just need a little bit more marination before they're ready. But let me know what you think of the Jets roster moves. Let me know what you think of their performance over the weekend against Tampa Bay and Vancouver. Drop your thoughts and feelings in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for uh, making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. And uh, we will see you all tomorrow. So be sure to tune in and subscribe if you haven't already. And thanks again for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.